0: Ha, uh, Spain. A country of bullfighting, Pablo Picasso, and unfinished constructions. A hell of a country. Beautiful and historic. But hey, that's when you're telling yourself that would really be a shame if a middle aged guy took over the country and decided to establish a dictatorship. Well, that's really weird you're thinking that. Yep, definitely weird. So, to truly understand this war, we have to go back way before it even started. In 1886, a young boy named Alfonso became king of Spain. Now, the problem is that Alfonso was as unpopular as a king can be. Him, preventing reforms in the country, coupled with the poor living conditions of the Spanish people, created the perfect conditions for regime change. Add to that the fact that Spanish forces struggled to defeat a few guys rebelling in Morocco, and the Spanish people were slowly turning into some angry French farmers. Now, amid all that mess, one man sees the opportunity of his life. In 1923, Miguel Primo de Rivera, a right-wing leader, staged the coup into control of Spain. And this name probably sounds way better with the Spanish accent. Yeah, sorry about that. Now, the problems that this guy worked really hard to make sure he was a terrible, terrible ruler. He declared himself dictator. And yeah, that's pretty much the only thing he did. Now, because these things always end up the same, Miguel was eventually overthrown as well. Following this, the king tried to come back, but the Spanish people were like, hell no. So, he left. Like the country. Now, all of this enabled the proclamation of the second Spanish Republic in 1931, and if you're wondering, the first Spanish Republic was a thing in the 1870s. So, it was a while before that. Now, you might be wondering why I'm telling you that old backstory in details. Well, the main reason the war started in the first place was that climate of instability that reigned in the country following the end of the Spanish monarchy. So, by 1936, Spain was more divided than ever and two main factions emerged in the country. On one side, we had the Republicans. And no, not these Republicans. Come on, I know you thought about it. So, basically, the Republicans consisted of the Republican government and the left, which included the Socialists, the Liberals, the Communists, etc. So, if you're American, that might be a bit confusing. On the other side, we had the Nationalists, which included the Aristocrats, the Monarchists, the Fascists, etc. So, to put it simply, it was the left against the right. And the left was the republicans. Uh, alright. Now, it's that part of the story when a new guy pops up and decides to blow stuff up. Which ends up causing an incredible mess. And look at him. Here he is. He's a Spanish general, hates the liberals. And what scares him the most is a state that is federal. Man, when the caudillo is dead. Wait, did I even say that right? Well, anyway, this is Francisco Franco. He was a general in the Spanish army and ended up leading the Nationalists in the war against the Republicans. So, on July 17th, 1936, Franco and his boys decided to overthrow the government. Now, Tidal Enterprise was very successful and by the end of 1936, the Nationalists already controlled half of the country. So, you might be wondering how the Nationalists managed to do that. Well, they had a secret weapon that was actually not so secret, yeah, everyone kind of knew it. They were sent aircrafts, soldiers, ammunition, and actually anything that you can think of by Germany and Italy. And that helped them a lot, especially since Spain basically became a gigantic test site for brand new German and Italian bombs. This led to a lot of destruction and many atrocities. The most notable of which occurred in Guernica on April 26th, 1937. For three hours, the Germans and the Italians bombarded the city and killed hundreds of innocents. And then we got a painting. So, okay. Now, the Republicans also had powerful allies, but it was a bit more messy here. A lot more messy actually. First, the USSR was by far their biggest support and send them aircrafts, tanks, ammunition, etc. as well. Now, it's also worth noting that the Spanish gold reserve was sent to Moscow to help finance the war. Then we have France and the UK. Now, because they didn't know what to do, or didn't care. Or both maybe, well they didn't intervene in the conflict and pretty much in their Whatever happens, happens position. Now, most importantly, volunteers from all over the world formed the International Brigades. These units fought alongside the Republicans and provided a lot of help to their cause. Still, by 1938, the Republicans were in pretty bad shape. Uh, in really bad shape. The Nationalists managed to split the country in two, causing 250,000 soldiers from the Republican army to flee into France. This was disastrous for the Republicans, and they would actually never recover from that catastrophe. A few months later, in March 1939, the remaining Republican troops surrendered, and Francisco Franco took control of the country. 500,000 people died during this war, and this conflict left Spain completely destroyed. It would take years to rebuild the country, and Franco's regime would last till his death in 1975. This conflict enabled Germany and Italy to gain in power and influence. And with this war ending in 1939, you probably noticed that the Second World War is just around the corner. Hi everyone, my name's Adam. I'm actually the guy who brought you this amazing learning experience. How crazy is that? yeah i really hope you enjoyed it and uh, learn new things now i wanted to say that we also have an app out there it's also called pike it is a free and intuitive learning platform where uh, you can learn the whole history of the word it's super intuitive and yeah fun to use so you can check this out anyways i really hope you enjoyed this and uh yeah see you next time